Welcome back, everyone, <laughs> to the Talk and Fit podcast. Oh, episode number forty, number forty-seven, num- number forty-eight. One number of the one of the episode, two episode season two episode season four? two. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Did you like my little intro there? Lewis, get comfy already. Did you like my? Did you like it? Did you like I my love, little intro? Yeah, it's giving WWE. Gonna, yeah, it, it is. I've been inspired. I've been watching WWE TikTok. Roman Reigns. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna see. I'll make it longer each week to the to the point where it's it's, <laughs> where it's just an hour. It's an episode. Going, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> no, I'll see how long I can hold it. It's like the year boy, you know. Oh, I'll see how I long I can video. hold it. Anyway, welcome back, everyone, to another week, another episode. We're a bit late this week, but we're here anyway. At we're least here. we showed we, up. We showed up. You know what I mean? Like at yeah. least time of year. God damn it. <laughs> we hope your weeks have been great. Uh, speaking of, Grace, how was your week? Let the people know. Good. That's it. I saw a meme today. Actually, I'm not going to mention it. No, I had a good I had a good week. Good week. Prepping, you know. <laughs> I can't really give heaps, heaps of updates because I'm literally just on prep. So True, true. Bit hungry. Yeah. Loving my refeeds though. Yeah. You. Had a you had a session on Sunday with some of the oh, yeah, we other <laughs> other fellow competitors. We had like a meetup at the gym, which was so fun. With your, with your other, um, what would you, what would you call them? Are they Friends? fellow? <laughs> oh yeah, obviously yeah. No, it I was. don't know. They're just like other fellow competitors. Yeah, with some fellow competitors with the same coach, but so that's what I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's well, got to it be a name like to a, describe that. It was right? like a colleagues. Client. There you go. No, they're not colleagues. <laughs> that's not the right word. Working with them. No, but yeah, I had a meet up with them and it was good. I'd been practicing my posing a bit. Still, you know, still in my head a little bit, not feeling not feeling lean enough, but we're 11 weeks out. It's so rubbish. So I, I won't take that. <laughs> we're 11 weeks out, Grace, so it's fine. Grace got out of the shower last night and like just like I could see her ribs. Like she, I was looking through at her back through the mirror and she's like reached over and you can just see your ribs, like you're lean. You're lean, right? You're not. You're not not lean. Right? Yeah. It's. I will not have that nonsense. I feel like I won't feel stage stage lean until mm. peak week. And and it's and it's getting to the point now too when I hug Grace that it's just like <laughs> my arms just keep going. They just don't stop. Like you know, you get to a point where you're like, oh, that's the person. No, it just keeps going, and I'm like, well, hello. Where? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not where, that. Uh, where lean. are you? I'm at a very um. I'm still at like a really healthy weight, which is um, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But I guess prep is just sort of like a, a mental thing too. But no, it's just been it's been good. I'm enjoying it. I have unfortunately, if you're a girl, you'll understand this. But we get like a five day window each month where we're like feeling really, really good. Like we have five days of the whole month where we're like feeling really good. Five days. Yeah. Is it so that you much? Have, so, yeah. So, you have like your period. No way. Yeah, way. Yours has got to be like two days or, or one oh, day. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> no, you have like your period and then obviously it can be a bit rough and then you have sort of five, five-ish five give or take days where like our estrogen's really high and we're feeling really good. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's come to an end for me as of yesterday. Damn. So Damn. It's really interesting. 
Um, sure it wasn't just Monday blues. No, it's really interesting tracking your cycle because like it's not even us just saying yeah. this. Like there is actual <laughs> – there's an actual pattern. So, girls, if you haven't educated yourself yet – Look into your cycle because it's really interesting looking mm. at the different markers at the different points in the month. But yeah, so I'm digging deep this week. Yeah. I was speaking of my cycle. No, Hold I'm on. Kidding. You never give me a chance to ask you how. No, your no, week's that was been. I was just that was just a before bit of, you bit go. Of, I was just humouring the people. Well, well, Wrap it up then. No, I am. I okay. was literally just about to go. How's your week been, Lewis? But oh. you go. Speaking of. Me? No, 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 no. I was. Uh, well, did you not hear what I said? No. Ah. Oh, anyway. Irrelevant. Anyway. How's your week? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> no, it was. It's been all right. Um, I am still doing the morning sessions. The morning sessions are going well, actually. You know what is amazing is that I think I've realized how much I must, like, fuck around a bit in the gym, which is funny because when I started doing, like, uh, like lower volumes and stuff, my training sessions would go, like, uh, like my workouts were, like, 15, 30 minutes quicker, right? But mm. would still be, like, anywhere from an hour and 15 to sometimes an hour and a half. But now, like, I, I'm i doing sessions in less than an hour, like 55 minutes sort of things. And it's everything. Sometimes I'll have to skip a few things. Well, not skip, but, like, cut the volume a bit shorter on the during the weeks just because, like, I'm on a bit of a schedule. Shout out to Abby Crow. Um, Sorry, carry on. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, like... Do I really, like, fuck around for an extra, like, 20 minutes normally when I'm at the gym, say, on a weekend or, like, during, like, normal hours? Like, it's weird, but it's... They've been still good sessions. Um, I find mornings, though, can be... It's either good or, like, pretty shit because it just depends on how you slept the night before. If you had a shit sleep, it's going to be a pretty average session, I find. Yes, like, I'm yawning. Agree. I could I could have pre-workout and still be yawning throughout the session. Although you feel great in the afternoon because you just know you've done. You just don't have to worry about it. It is a good way, though. Like, do you find when you leave the gym, you feel really good, though? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. 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 I, I feel like... Fun I, and fresh. I, like, have Sam Sulek moments in the car minus the camera, so I just talk to myself. What? That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, afterwards, and <laughs> I'll just recap the workout and uh, uh, sort of, like, in my head. Really? But I, my mouth is moving at the really? same time. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, uh, they've been going all right. Um, I'm excited to go back to normal though, because we trained on Saturday and I had like an 11, near 12 hour sleep that day, and I felt fucking fresh and awesome. Went in on Saturday and PR'd like fucking everything. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, wow, am I just sleep deprived through the week? Because I, I, I must be. Because um, the session was immaculate on the sad day, I was like, "This is awesome!" Like, PR'd everything, broke plateaus. I was just all—it was all moving forward. So, oh, I thought you were raising your hand then to no, say sorry. something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Grace. <laughs> um, but yeah, week was—it was all right. It was all right, you know. It was—it wasn't too bad. But anyway, it was, a, it was an all right week. Um, enough of the the nonsense. Enough of the. Gum flapping. Yep. Uh, this week, we are discussing 
uh, a little bit about volume. Volume. And turn the volume why, up. Oh, this might this might this might burn a few people, but why it isn't the driver for hypertrophy. But in in, in saying that, um, we're going to explain everything. Sort of. Well, I wanted to talk about this. Oh, sorry. That little, make, I get you now. Little, little backstory. I wanted to talk about this because I came across a TikTok this week. And I thought it was just like it, it's so it was just like real typical, like it was a real typical TikTok, and it just sort of I think it highlighted and the what the sort of fitness community is just like. There's no thorough understanding of why our bodies do certain things, um, which some people okay are okay with not knowing, but there are people that are okay with not knowing that then assume that they know, and or you know will try and push a point that's normally driven uh, by sort of uh, an emotional attachment to a point. Anyway, I'm rambling a bit here. <laughs> Wait, you've... That, yeah, that probably okay. sounded really confusing. I'm confused. Anyway, what I'm saying is I came across a TikTok this week. I don't know if anyone else has as well, but it was this guy. I actually don't know who he is. Uh, um, uh, I was going to say shout out, but he came across Hanny Rambod's like training style that he does with uh, like Seabum and he's like Olympian competitors and it's got some weird stupid name like it's just a bunch of letters and seven or something and like FRT7, FART7. <laughs> I don't think it's FRT but FRT sounds like FART, FART7 <laughs> because anyway. Um, oh my God, what? What? <laughs> Talking about and anyway, this is just this this uh, training method that he has. Oh, okay. And Honey Rambod. Oh, this is. I thought this was this guy's Instagram. No, 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 no. no. And um, (laughs) Honey Rambod says things like you need to stretch the fascia or whatever, and so I think he gets them the flex after working. I don't know. Anyway, it's it's all a bit nonsense, but we'll just not get too into that. Um, What is nonsense is this guy took on this uh, arm day that. Honey Rambod got C-bum to do, was getting C-bum to do his arm day and did it across a whole month, right? Every single day, right? So he did C-bum's arm workout, which, and and by the way, the emphasis of this training style is it's high volume, uh, short rest periods, right? Anyway, he um, did this uh, arm day every day for a month. Mm Mm-hmm. And he measured the growth with like fucking tape measure around his fucking arm, right? So he went and at the start of the, the month, he's gone put the tape measure around and he had 16 and a half inch arms. Pretty big, actually. Anyway, uh, at the end of the month, right, he has gone and gotten the tape measure again and put it around his arm again and has gone, holy shit, 17 and a half inches. His arms in 30 days, right, 30 days grew by an inch. Now, if you're not too sure, like, where that stacks up, that's huge. Like, in terms of growth, that's massive. To grow an inch sort of anywhere, if you just think of what an inch looks like, it's um, it's pretty big. An inch is massive, right? <laughs> I sound like one of those stupid memes of being like, two inches is huge. Okay. Anyway, an inch, but it is. In, in, in growth terms, it's, it's big. Yeah. And so... The thing that has annoyed me here is there would be people that watch that and go, oh, my God, I need to get onto this. I need to get onto this training style because it's Chris Bumstead 
and it's hard, you know, every day for a month, like just pumping my arms, like, but I'm going to grow them an inch, right? But what that's led you to believe that whole video is that he grew an inch of muscle in his arms over that month. When in reality, what did he grow? What was the cause of all that growth in that month? The cause of it was inflammation. Yes. And the buildup of, it's called like edema. It's just like a fluid that will um, like sort of. Like swelling. Yes, swelling. He has basically just accumulated a shitload, like a shitload of fatigue in his arms. Because you got to think, the, the workouts themselves are already quite strenuous with high like amounts of volume but then doing it back to back for 30 days straight that's crazy like your arms they would be like yeah stupidly fatigued and so they've probably had that much stress occur to them that they've had to build up and they've they've just had an inflammatory response because that's just what happens to your body when when you put it under so much stress like that it's gonna have inflammation occur and so when he's done this measurement, you've gone, oh, my God, it's like his arms grew an inch. It must mean muscle, right? But it's not. If he was then given a week off doing that or even five days, like like a good period for it to be flushed out or the fluid, he'd probably see his arms would go back to 16 and a half inches. They probably wouldn't have grown significantly, maybe like a tenth of an inch. 16.6 inches. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like a tenth of an inch over the month. But... Like, not an inch. And the thing that's just annoyed me about it is I didn't look at the comments too much, but there would 100% be people, there were plenty of likes on this video, that just don't understand that and then will turn to something like, you know, they they get bombarded because it's like, oh, my God, it's this guy's trying Chris Bumstead, right, uh, five-time Mr. Olympia, arm day right under honey rambod and it's this really like far out name of a training style i've never heard of before and oh my god this guy tried it and his arms grew an inch this must be what i need to do to grow when in reality it's all like it's smoke it's just it's it's smoke that's thrown at your face and you don't actually see the bigger picture of why it all happened unless unless you have a sort of understanding i guess of some sort of physiology but I'm not sitting here saying that I'm like a fucking doctor or whatever or like am incredibly intelligent when it comes to physiology. But even I could sit there and go, it's just like I didn't even need any explanation to go, well, it's just because it's 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 an inflammation. It's just a buildup of fluid in his muscles. And even Grace as well, like we both just, it's I feel like it's just straightforward. But there are 100% people out there that would get sort of, Taught up in that, and I thought it'd be a great thing to talk about today and this week. Uh, just uncovering a bit more about volume, in that we just wanted to sort of discuss what is like optimal for volume and why, I guess, a little bit. Uh, why it's also like optimal, like volume, certain uh, a, a certain amount of volume uh, in a certain period. So when you talk, sort of. Uh, volume there is a a range that we have sort of uh come across more so in research as to be like i guess we'll we'll just stick with optimal uh for like hypertrophy where anything above this range so so real high volume uh like workouts and just like will just cause an excess build up of fatigue 
and there's a threshold, like an upper threshold to if you just because it's harder to push past that like set range of uh, uh, sets doesn't mean that it's better. Like there's a, it's been, and that's a thought, uh, that school of thought that's been around since like bodybuilding was a thing, like started is that like it's more important to focus on the, uh, the quantity than the quality. But as with anything in life, when will focusing purely on quantity over quality ever be, you know, like beneficial? Like you look at it in any aspect of life, you always want to put emphasis on quality over quantity. Um, so when when we're looking at volume, we want to have, uh, so just say we're talking volume in terms of reps, we want reps to be as stimulating as they possibly can be. And... Uh, through a thing called the stimulating reps model, uh, it states that the last five reps in a set to failure actually cause hypertrophy. So uh, this is when you will start to really struggle and there's like slowing of the bar speed or like just slowing of the movement in general. And this term for, well, the term for that is known as mechanical tension. You probably hear it thrown out a fair bit and, um, spoken about a lot and maybe you don't exactly know what it means like maybe you just think it's just like time under tension they're not the same thing um but mechanical tension is what we want to optimize in our volume and that means that there's a higher recruitment of motor units which is what you want uh when performing any sort of exercise at all any sort of um uh, resistance exercise uh you want high degrees of motor unit recruitment um because uh, it's going to maximize hypertrophy. You want as much of that muscle working as you can to allow for the best chance of like growth. So in that case, you want a volume then of mechanical tension to maximize muscle growth. But this is now where we're talking about volume sort of. We're bringing it back on track a little bit. Might have confused a bit by talking about mechanical tension and whatever, but it's just more, we'll just simplify it down to sets to failure. That's, that's, I think, an easier thing to wrap heads around is like this mechanical tension thing. If you're going to failure, like no reps in reserve, actual failure, then you are probably got a high degree of mechanical tension and a high degree of motor unit activation um, in the exercises that you're performing. So now talking about volume, so how much. This is uh, a little thing I have here that is from some uh, research that has, uh, like studies have found uh, so one set to failure will increase uh, myofibular protein synthesis, which is just muscle growth, so muscle building, uh, for up to 29 hours. Three sets to failure will increase it up to 130% over th- over 29 hours. So we'll increase it 130% of what one set will over those 29 hours. And then eight sets f- uh, are that, but for possibly more than 48 hours, so two days, essentially. But... When it looks at 12 sets compared to 8 sets, it only appears to cause a small increase in the um, in muscle building. So, the, um, I won't say the term again. Uh, in muscle building and was not associated with more hypertrophy, um, which means that more sets only produce more muscle damage to recover from and not more muscle growth. 
So just because um, it might be harder, it might be more taxing on your body and you think, oh, if I provide my like muscle with enough stress stimulus, then it has to adapt from that, which means it has to grow back stronger. That isn't how things work. So that's where volume is sort of not the driver for hypertrophy on like like high volume at like you know like stacking your muscles. There's with like a threshold. There's an upper limit. Sets. Yeah, there's a threshold. Yeah. So that effective range appears to be uh, from what we know too is anywhere from like four to six sets uh, per muscle group per workout. So so for a muscle group uh, each workout. And there's actually been data that shows as well that doing actually like six to eight sets for a muscle group um, each workout uh, actually can cause regression. Uh, But we won't get into that either. Uh, That's just like another little thing. Um, So four to to six sets appears to be the sweet spot of volume for most people to maximize uh, gains and less than that. Uh, will still produce gains in most everyone. So even sets, uh, even doing just two to three sets per muscle group per workout is still fine. Like that's, and if I look at how I train or like um, how I've tried to model my training is that anything I focus on in a workout, I actually only do really like four, maybe six sets ever in the workout. Normally it's four to five more so. Um it's just when you focus on like a certain muscle group in a workout too, uh, it's not, oh, you attack it with more volume either because like I've just explained, there's a threshold to it and just simply throwing this, that's a common misconception too. Throwing more volume at a lagging muscle won't bring it up. Uh, you want to try and start your sessions with um, uh, the muscle group that you're trying to bring up because you have the most potential when you start a session for the most motor unit recruitment in whatever muscle you're going to work, which is like I mentioned previously, what we want to maximize gains. And motor unit recruitment put simply is just like how much of the muscle is like working throughout um, uh, throughout the um, exercise that you're performing. So, the motor recruitment in your muscle fibers, you want to maximize as much as you can. And we find that in uh, sets that have a high degree of mechanical tension. So anything to failure, great. Oh, and uh, when you talk about motor unit recruitment as well, when you talk high volumes and sort of going over this threshold, motor unit recruitment tends to slow or even like, not it doesn't stop because obviously you still move a muscle, but it hits a, a point where it regresses even. So more volume doesn't mean more motor unit recruitment. If anything, you'll hit that threshold in this sweet spot of about four to six working sets in a workout per muscle group. Um, and anything after that, you're going to see either just a massive plateau. So it won't go any better or it will regress. It will come back and just all you're doing at that point afterwards is accumulating fatigue. So to put it simply, that's just sort of why volume doesn't like high degrees of volume doesn't work. Sorry. I feel like I've been like rambling for a good like 20 minutes now and you haven't said anything. Um, I just wanted to let you get like your point across. Yes. Um, there's also, I'll just quickly uh, sort of 
finish my point on this. I don't know if I've made a lot of sense. I hope I have. Because um, I've, I've been trying, and as Grace has too, to sort of really wrap our heads around sort of the research behind hypertrophy training. Um, and I was just telling her before, like there's a guy I listened to who I'm getting a lot of this information off. Um, uh, he's got a podcast that I listen to as well. And it is one of the hardest things to listen to in terms of like taking away stuff from it because they, they talk it like such a... They just talk with a lot of um, research and scientific jargon that's like, you know, sort of the meaning behind it, but it's not it's not stuck enough, at least in my head, to just when they're having a casual conversation about what what was the you thing I just, just said. You can't just like easily comprehend it, yeah. make sense when, of it off the top of yeah. your head. When they're yeah. having like a casual conversation about like myofibrillar protein synthesis, you just sort of like, you know what it is, but there's like, you know, you, you can get confused and... It's 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 a difficult thing actually to really like understand fully like physiology and just to the core of it like exercise science and like all this stuff to do with hypertrophy. It's and there's there's a fucking abundance of stuff to know too. So um, if you're listening and you're a bit confused, don't worry. Like we are if too. You're, yeah, I would just say the main thing to take away from it is that what drives hypertrophy is intensity rather than going for more volume like you can like i was reading something today actually that basically said that you know if you wanted to do 15 reps and go to failure or do seven reps and go to failure you're going to produce the same result like it's going to produce the same amount of muscle growth so it's just a matter of do less and rest more to like eliminate the amount of fatigue that you're accumulating and you're gonna get the exact same result as somebody who's doing more volume and doing more reps and doing more sets and resting less like work smarter not harder do reps with intent and with intensity for two or three sets and be done with it as long as you're going to failure that's what grows muscle so it's a thing if you could do 12 reps to failure and you could do seven reps to failure and get the same like you're getting the same (laughs) result there's a threshold yes i understand that there's when it comes to sets in terms of volume more so in that um you could take 20 sets in a workout to failure when you've actually failed but see that's where it can get a bit confusing that's not what we're like that's not that's when you can't just say oh as long as every set you do is to failure there are people out there that will do yeah like 20 sets 30 sets in a workout to failure i'm I'm also talking about reps right now yes but just saying that the phrase of as look as long as you're going to failure that's all that sort of matters for hypertrophy it does, but it also sure comes point. into play with like you need the lower volumes and the longer rest periods to really benefit from that. The Yeah, yeah. well, that's what I just said. Like the lower volume, longer rest is going to eliminate that like extra peripheral CNS fatigue aspect of doing more volume and you're going to get the same growth. Yeah. Is that what that's no, but I was just saying it more in terms of 
you got to be careful when you just generalize in terms of just, oh, as long as you're training to failure. Like, that's what I more so meant. But, yeah, just to sort of make it easy, it's just I, w- I wanted to talk more, I guess, from a like a science or research point of view from it because you probably hear us flap on about low-volume, high-intensity shit all the time. But, you know, there's a reason we do it, and it's literally because... It's literally because research, right, studies and evidence, actual evidence, right, because maths and science are how we prove things to be real or not in this world, has shown these things, and it just, it's still like, I get there's factors like enjoyment that we have to take into account too, but we're not talking about exercise selection, we're just talking about the effort you put into it. And at the end of the day, you're in there. Well, not everyone that's in there, but if you're in there to build more muscle, if you aren't taking these things sort of into account or seriously, then, you know, that's just like, I don't understand how there are people that won't take these things into account or serious, but then go in and be a coach or like preach or teach people and stuff when you're just talking, like it's just talking nonsense at that point. It's, what has seemed to work uh, for whatever, like 50 years or something, but that doesn't mean that it is the right or best way to do things either. That There's just always a better option, and what we know now is that it's this, but it's been like that since humans were human. You know, we've evolved, obviously, over time, but back when Arnold was training, this was still the better method to be doing. We just didn't know it yet. The research wasn't there. So... I don't know, I just, I, I sort of scratch my head at why people don't, I, I can understand it from like a gym, like from a, a typical gym goer's perspective, sometimes you feel like you're not doing enough when you do lesser volumes, um, I don't feel like that all the time, but there are some days where I, I would just be like, I feel like I could pump out a little bit more, or you might be easily influenced by Joe Blow on TikTok that does five sets of fucking 20 reps of things, and you go... Oh, and you just look at him and you look at his physique and fucking who knows, he could be on something and not telling you, but, um, you know, he's he's there and you're like, well, he's got big arms. Like, maybe I should just, just do it for the, at least this session or whatever and stuff. It's like, no, don't get caught up in the bullshit and the, like, the things that are very, you know, there's a lot of other shit going on behind closed doors that you don't see with those people or... You know, getting emotional attachments to like training styles and stuff and whatever. If it came out that there were other, there was a different form of training that optimized hypertrophy tenfold to what what high intensity, low volume does now, I would drop this in a heartbeat and start doing that if the research was there behind it. You can't get like these emotional attachments behind, you know, like, oh, I'm just so attached to doing like fucking five sets of 20 on things and like training with stupidly high volume just because oh i love the feeling man and whatever like but see it's hard because we like i just said we have to take into account enjoyment it's important to note as well that this is like like this research on volume and like sets and stuff it is talking about individuals who are training to failure like you have to understand where your failing point is like I feel like it's no use 
implementing this sort of training if you're not going to effectively do it and train to failure. Yeah. Because you can't go in and do, you know, two sets, eight reps, but you've still got, but you've still got five reps left in the tank. Like, I think it's important if you're newer to this to explore your failing point. Yeah. Because a lot, a lot of people think they're failing when in reality they've still got three, four reps left. They just don't push themselves there because they think they've already failed even though they haven't. So I think that's like a really important thing to note too when you take on this advice is just get to know your failing point first and then implement this for sure. Yeah, yeah, just... uh get a bit of ticker in you, you know, <laughs> go a bit harder. Um, but I don't know. It's, I, I understand when people go on about, but I just feel like people don't take it then as serious as what we might. If you can give them all this like literal evidence, like science and stuff at the end of the day, the body and like growing muscle and stuff is purely science. It is purely, I, there's no fucking, like uh, politics or fucking faith or whatever that goes into it, your body is science. You will listen to doctors when they when they fucking tell you what's wrong with you when you're ill. But then for some reason, when there's research from people with doctorates or whatever uh, that are done by people with doctorates that literally are giving you ad- like the best advice on how to grow better, then people won't take it. I don't quite understand. I that. just, yeah, I think a lot of people may not be exposed to it, they, I or get, maybe, don't understand it. Maybe or I can understand the aspect of not quite understanding it. I feel like that's why I, I want to be here more to just sort of try and simplify it. I feel like I didn't do a very good job when I was explaining it then, um, but. Uh, just because I can understand if you don't understand it and it's easier to understand someone like just just going in and just doing a bunch of volume and just or, or pumping and just, you know, it's, it, that's easier. Um, but there are people who know this stuff, know it's there, but then just refuse to listen to it and go, oh, well, but I like doing this. And it's like, well, but how serious are you about you know, you, you can't be then serious about. It. I guess that we just take it maybe a bit serious, a bit more serious. It's than just like a thing. Other people, just people don't know. No, but there are people that do know and yeah. are like still in denial. Yeah, yeah, true. And I just I struggle to wrap my head around those people. It's like you know that eating, uh, you know, but you throw it back to diet. Everything to do with like uh, calories in versus calories out, thermogenesis um, is it or the dynamics, whatever. Um, has literally come from the same research that is coming out about hypertrophy training. The same people probably have done those two things. They do intertwine, but the, the same genre of people are doing that. And you listen to it because you're the one there that still preaches like, oh, you got to be in a deficit to lose weight and, oh, you got to be in a surplus to gain it. But then it just comes to this aspect of like the uh, lower volumes and training and stuff. And then people just, nah, nah, because they have these... I think it, the the big issue is like you either don't understand it and you just do what you understand. That I can completely understand and I'm not talking about you at all because that's fair. Um, 
but then there's people who know it won't do it and then they just got these emotional attachments to doing this sort of training and oh just you know it's just what i love man it's just what i enjoy but then that's fine if you're just in there for a mental health perspective but how many people are solely doing hypertrophy training for the mental health perspective no other reason like it is a big part and component of it but there are like you're in there to get bigger too like at the end of the day, and that leads to, you know, possibly improving your mental health when you see that you're, you know, growing and bigger and, yeah. But anyway, I, you know, yeah, I guess we've got to be all inclusive of everyone, but um, if you just genuinely don't do it because you don't understand, I can understand that, but learn, like, you know, like, just try, like, there are people out there too that don't buy this style of training and go, well, no, like, they just don't want to do it but like you know but then say that what they do is better when like you look at the stat the facts and it's not it's just like give it a go i was like that too so i can fully relate to people like that because i was like that too i remember when it first came out i thought bullshit i thought this is just overcomplicating it no but then you let go of your your pride and your ego a little bit and your ignorance to it all and you you try it and then you see for yourself and you go oh okay you know it, it may not be blowing me up like a fucking like Arnold in you know a, a year or something but that's not what that you know that's not what they preach that it does but it's far better than what I was doing before far better there's also a bit of a um <sighs> this is this is I think another thing that people get confused with this whole old school thought, um, I'll just quickly touch on this uh, and then I'll be done. But this whole thing of like eight to 12 reps builds muscle and is a bodybuilding training where anything under that, like five reps and stuff, that's all like strength training. That's not hypertrophy training, that's strength training. And that is so wrong. That's like one of the biggest misconceptions I think out there that people get like, so done in by um and it's just it's literally just from old school bodybuilders that that whole concept came up because like if you had sort of just taken in what we said earlier you get to a point where you understand rep ranges so when you see all these like people um talking about rep ranges and you you might even have a coach that prescribes you a rep range of a certain exercise and stuff and they'll probably be there like or the the legs respond better to higher volumes or like a higher rep ranges and, or, uh, so do the biceps, but, or, um, no chest can work better in lower volumes. Like they'll give you like a, or oh, eight to 12 rep range for this or oh, 15 to 20 for this or, oh, but no, like a, like a, a six to eight for this and stuff. It's all bullshit. It doesn't mean anything because if you took in what we said, if the quality of your reps are there and you're like, you're, um, pushing to failure and getting mechanical tension. Cause remember it's the five reps in that model. You don't need to be doing like when you look at it that way, doing higher volumes is sort of pointless because you say you do 20 reps, right? And it is to failure. Well, if the last five are what develop mechanical tension, which is essential for the uh, muscle building process, why did you bother with the first 15? You know what I mean? It's 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 waste of yeah. not only your time but like energy and effort as well. That's what I was saying before. Like they're both gonna build you muscle. They both will. You can do twenty reps and you can still get like 
hypertrophy gains or whatnot, whatever yeah. it's called. But you can do five reps and get the same thing. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, why would you create that extra fatigue for yourself doing 20 reps? Mm. But um, throwing it back anyway to the thing of like, oh, eight to 12 is body. That's, it, that's bullshit. That there is nothing wrong. I'll use an example myself actually. And this is how you know then you go, oh, well, that's a stupid point to even make. When I have been lateral raising, I was going to make a video on this. When I lateral raise, I I do cable lateral raises at the moment. I was on like, oh, it's like 8.75, whatever kilos. We'll say eight. And the jump up from there is 11. It doesn't sound like much, three kilos, but it is a lot when you do it. Um, I got to a point where I was lateral raising eight, eight kilos for about eight, nine reps. And I thought, I'm going to go up and try the 11s. I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to push for progressive overload here. And try the 11s. Did the 11s for the first time. I did a set of, I think, three or four reps. Three or four. And that was like pushing to failure. That was like I literally wasn't getting any more. People then would look at that and go, oh, well, that's that's useless. That is a wasted set because it's three to four. Or, no, it's power lifting or no, it's strength training. But it isn't. So what I do from there or what I built off is then I came in next week. And I started again with the 11s and I tried to get another rep on. I put on another rep. And so I came in, I did five reps this time. And then I got to a point where I could do six, seven, and I thought I'll do another set as well. So then at that point, I've done two sets of say six, seven reps. Uh, and then when I was doing those um, like lower rep sets, I would normally put the weight back to the eight and do a back offset, just one, and just sort of get the desired amount of volume that I wanted out of that exercise. But then it's gone to a point now where I can do 11 for two sets of like eight to nine reps. So where is that logic gone when I persisted with doing three to four reps and now I'm in an eight to nine rep zone? I went from strength training, right, powerlifting training from this perspective into bodybuilding training. How does that make any sense? How did the muscle growth differ from those two like to from those two rep ranges? It doesn't. It doesn't. If the principles are there that you train to failure and you're uh, you know, like recruiting as many motor units as you can in the muscle, it's bullshit. That yeah. whole that whole thing of higher reps is for bodybuilding. Don't listen to it. That's but a dead don't school. Don't you want to be working in like at least five reps? No, you can work with three or four reps. So you're just, like so you're you, getting three reps of mechanical tension, oh, whereas oh, oh, the well, five so, reps of so mechanical we, tension. Okay, so if we run off that model, yes, I, I can understand you saying five. Um, Maybe that's normally just, yeah. That's why. That's why I would just quickly explain. Once I get five to six reps of a movement, and that I was once getting three to four on right, I then will. Um, try and throw in a second set. Normally, I only start with that set. Just to expose yourself to to the weight. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's what holds a lot of people back to when they're trying to progress as well, go up a weight. They'll go from an eight to nine rep range into a three to four and go, oh, no, I wasn't ready yet. I I wasn't ready. No, you need to expose yourself to to um, be able to progress more. That's a whole other thing I can talk about, but I won't now because we'll be here forever. Yeah, at the end of the day, that whole school of thought of like that high rep range shit it nah for bodybuilding 
don't listen to it. It's it's bro. That is literal. Like I don't want to say bro science, but it's just it. Well, no, it's meathead science. It's just from the fifties that that whole like school of thought. And when you look at things from the fifties, they doctors prescribed cigarettes in the fifties. So we've come a long way with what we know. So yeah. Um, sorry, this was probably like a bit of a. I don't know how hard of a listen. Hopefully not too hard. Hopefully we made a bit of sense and you took a bit away from it. I'm sorry for not letting you speak really at all. I feel like I just took the floor there. Grace obviously understands this stuff as well. Like, uh, not that anyone I don't think thinks that you don't, but I just I'm a bit of a mic hog, so I do apologise. Um, I just wanted to sort of get a point across, and I don't know how I could have incorporated you more than I did, but that's all right. Um. I'm sorry for that. But, yes, Grace is also very tuned in and she she uh, uh, programs her clients around this uh, school of thought. So, if you want to coach and want to get big and you want to try and even learn about this sort of stuff that we're talking about and how you can maximize your gains in the gym and your workouts, then you should definitely, definitely uh, hit her up for some coaching because... Yeah. At Grace Liana Fitness on Instagram. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, again, apologies. This is going to be probably titled like a very messy talk about volume or some shit because who knows where this went, but might sound right. Who knows? Um, if, if you listen and you understood and maybe learned something, please, I, I beg you, just uh, send us a DM and say that. Uh, you learnt something. Just say you learnt something from the from the app, and I'll I'll be smiling ear to ear, grinning ear to ear. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add to this? No, I want to go watch Matt. Okay, okay, she's had enough. She's she's fed had up. enough of just sitting here. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, um, thanks guys. Hopefully you learnt something. Follow us on socials, and we'll catch you next week. I'm we going to watch you Maths. all. All right, bye. Bye.